0: Another episode of the Chatting in the City Podcast. This should be like episode five. Uh, I have a cold today, so I i don't want to speak. So I got some of the homies on <laughs> so they can take over for me. Um, so yeah, man, today I have some of the homies. I got Birch, I got Jimmy, um, I got David, the day ones. Actually, I think sir. David and Jimmy are day ones. We're all like day five <laughs> together. Because like, you guys are like family, right? Yeah, like, you know, all yeah. of us are like day fives. So yeah. um, I just wanted to get you guys on to uh just have like an open talk an open discussion about how we're feeling, what's going on in the world, um, and how we've adapted. Um, next month our lab is doing like, a, a, a black students wellness, you know, we're doing a black students wellness month for the whole month of October. So we'll be having, um, uh, self-care meditation sessions. We'll be having, roundtable uh, um, round table discussions with actual licensed psychotherapists, you know, there'll be a group for men and a group of women as well. Um, that and more. So, uh, this will be kind of like a little almost like a dry run of that, but without an actual therapy. Because I'm not a therapist, I'm not licensed. So we're just gonna be talking all of us, you know, about how we're feeling. Um all right, man. So yeah, how, how have you how have you guys been? We'll start with the guy with the first name, Aaron. A hey, A Ron. How you feeling?
1: Hey, a Ron. You know how many times I've heard that joke though? Like anyway, so let's move past that. <laughs> you know, um, it's crazy, man. all I can say is this crazy world. Man, mm. the times we live in it's it's still crazy to me that like we, we're walking out every single day in a pandemic like there's you know every you have to come to the fact that you could you're at risk every single day you leave your house you know it's it's crazy like i don't know like, you know it's and it's a huge adapt. that's all i gotta say right now like but um yeah jimmy you know?
2: <laughs> yeah i mean like same same as Aaron. i feel like there's just so much uh, um that's sort of been thrown at us all at once, and you know especially being black being a person of color in this time um it's been really, really difficult, i think the past almost it's felt like the past like four months, but it's really only been you know a couple months that sort of everything has has sort of you know kicked off, and it's been hard I can't even lie you know mm. it, it's hard to to find ways to Continue to get that motivation, you know, to wake up every day and be like, "Let me attack this day with a, a fresh mindset," because you know, it, the the toll really, really uh, uh, takes up on you. Right,
3: David. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, bro. I, I agree. I think I
3: think this year, twenty twenty, in general. I mean, obviously, every year people have challenges that they face and personal challenges, workplace, relationships, family, whatever the case may be. I think this year has been difficult for any for anybody, regardless of who you are, just uh, adjusting from being people or creatures of, of so, like we're, we're all social creatures and having to go into isolation for a little bit, like Aaron mentioned, and living through a pandemic. But I think it's especially been a very hard year for Black people, and that's just a fact. Mm-hmm. Um, the year started off like, uh, and even now we've, we've lost so many icons for our community. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, everything that's been going on with police brutality, not only in the US, but uh, in Canada as well. It's, de- it's definitely been a very difficult year. um It is very hard, like like Aaron and Jimmy have said. I think um Jimmy made a good point about like just finding the motivation to be able to wake up and attack every day. I feel like now I've kind of come into more of a of a steady rhythm and flow, but um in like April May, beginning of June, it was really tough. It was really tough to just like find worth in like the things that you're doing because when you see people who look like you being gunned down and not getting justice on the news. Um, and then you think about yourself in those scenarios. And, you know, if something were to happen to you, like would, you know, would justice be taken or would there be an impact on some of your your non-black friends? Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely like something that you can really struggle with internally. So it's de- definitely been hard, but I think like conversations like this and close to you, Boaz, for doing this podcast, I think conversations okay. like this can be very cathartic for, for black people and, and for black men in our case, to be able to come together, talk about how we're feeling um, and be able to support each other you know,
0: moving forward. Um, I have another question. Um, have you guys been feeling any sort of like anxiety, depression throughout this time? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I mean, myself, I've always, like the quarantine was weird because I'm like, I don't mind being alone. So at the beginning, I was like, oh, quarantine, all right, we'll be fine. So I mean, I was, I was thinking, I was thinking the quarantine will be like maybe two months and that's it, you know, everybody will be yeah. okay. I was like, yeah, two months, I'll be fine. I don't, you know, I'll do my work, I'll do whatever and I'll be okay. And then I feel like after it was like, I thought, I wanna say like mid summer, I was like, bro, what is happening? This is not ending anytime soon, right? So it started, the anxiety started coming up, it started getting to me, it started getting to me. And I was just, cause like, like everybody else, I was like, I guess what everybody felt at the beginning, I started feeling then. Right. That's just like a difference in me. But I don't know how, how, how have you guys been feeling?
1: I mean, personally, when the pandemic struck, it was kind of honestly, I'm not going to lie, it was a godsend because then it went from, you know, everybody working, like being at school to at home. And it gave me, you know, more, more time to focus on the studies there. It felt like I had more time for myself mm-hmm. and just to figure out where my life was going ahead of time. But as it, you know, progressed and, you know, Racial stuff and the police brutality—it just kept on rolling and rolling and rolling. It kind of just escalated everything inside me. So I did one time end up having a panic attack just because of everything that I had to ball up. It was just an intense moment where I had to come to terms with all the things that was happening, and it put myself in such a depressive state that it was just so hard to want to do anything and to want to work. I ended up having to leave job because it was so it was so intense for me. And then I ended up changing the you know, whole situation. I ended up moving. You know, I got a new job and I put myself in a more free, more expressive place and ended up working better for me. But I I know that there are people who are really struggling. Right. I know that my sister and my my family close to me are struggling with those things day to day. And you know, coming to terms with what David said earlier with um, us being black, you know, and all the racism and brut- brutality that's going on, it's hard to want to go out and just face the day wondering if, you know, that stuff's going to happen to you and what happens if it happens to you, you know? Um, is this going to cause something to happen? Is, pe- is justice going to be taken or you get shafted like Breonna Taylor? Like, I, I, I don't understand. Like, it's, it's frightening, honestly, to feel like the people that are pro- supposed to protect you well, don't even give you a chance to say anything that we're ultimately looked at differently than anybody else and it's shown and it's it's frustrating and and most of all frightening so it, i think that it's putting me in a very protective safeguarded space where again i have to make my home my den you know and make it this my secure place where i know i can control every outcome and i have everything around me because of technology that we have it just makes it easier but I'm definitely feeling that struggle um, day to day because you know, it just make, puts everything in perspective, especially with my friends because that's, that's crazy to me is that how people can go from supporting Black Lives Matter and then just switching a flip or just being silent because I, I've, I don't have problems with people being silent, but I have, people, I have problems with people being silent near people who are saying something borderline. So that's that for me as a problem like if you don't want to say something on a day-to-day basis like you have no direct correlation to this and you know you post to your black lives matter or whatever and you stay signed after that but if you're allowing people to talk about it while posting this is a proxy and i don't stand i can't stand for it so awesome. that's that's what's really shown is who who of my friends are actually concerned about my life because yeah. it's in danger and that's what all of us as Black people have to have to come to terms with. If okay. We're in danger every time we pull up and there's a cop.
2: Jimmy? Yeah. Um,
1: I know I touched on it a lot. Sorry.
0: All right. <laughs> it's, it's good, it's good. It's good yeah, for you to get it out.
2: We're here for it, I feel. Uh, it's definitely been hard. It's the past, you know, three, four months have definitely and a few of you know I've had a few of the hardest moments probably of my life condensed into these past three months mm-hmm. um, and you know, I feel like well i, I know I see that I'm not the only one that is has sort of felt like this um, and it's it's like 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 Aaron said, it's frightening at, at times to wake up and and just you know feel sort of hopeless um in the sense that. You know, you see everything going on with the pandemic, and and you know there's really no end in sight. You know, cases are are skyrocketing at least here in Ottawa, and you know people seem to to continue to not take it seriously. So you're seeing all of that, and then on on the other hand, you know you're you're seeing all of these racial injustices and. Things that we've been dealing with for literally all of our lives and they're, you know, they're just now coming to light and people are just now sort of, sort of you know, starting to understand that, yeah, Black people have been facing all of this for a long, long time. And and, and then, like David mentioned, you know, some of the, the icons that the Black community, community has lost in the past few months, it's been so, so, so difficult. Um, I would be lying to you if, if you know, I said that, I haven't, you know, like gone to bed crying sometimes, you know, or, or, you know, I haven't, you know, had panic attacks. I haven't, I haven't had moments where I'm, I've, I've just felt completely hopeless because that's, that's really all what it has been. Um, yeah. But Aaron said something really, really, uh, I, I think important that I want to touch on is that, you know, making that your your space, your own and, and being comfortable in in your own space. That's something that I'm learning. Um, that's something that I've been able to, to you know, uh, um, confront a little bit more. I, I've just moved um, in May. Mm. So I've had the opportunity to sort of, you know, build my room and, and sort of build the house the way I wanted. And, you know, throw up decorations where I wanted and, you know, mount my speakers, do all of this and do all of that. And I think at the end of the day, that makes it a lot easier to come you know, into your room or, you know, go into your house and, and just feel comfortable and, mm-hmm. and feel at ease and be able to, to recognize that, you know, yeah, I may be struggling with this and I'm, I may be struggling with, with all of this, but those times are going to pass. And I have, you know, a comforting space around me. I have comforting people around me. I have people that I can, that I can reach out to, you know, if, if anything. So I think for me, it's, it's just finding those small things to hold on to and, and, you know, seeing that hope wherever you can and, and, you know, just keep
0: fighting. The home base gives you a, a sense of control where you feel like mm-hmm. obviously in the world that's just you know, out of whack, you kind of come home and you feel like, okay, this is, you know, I can kind of predict what's gonna happen. Nothing's gonna happen to me here, right? I'm safe, mm-hmm.
2: right? And And it, if it does, if anything does happen, it's still your space, you know? It, you, right. you know you're so comfortable if, you know, if, if you're in your room and, and you, you get a call that, you know, something's happening or whatever, whatever, it's not like you're in some foreign place, you know, you're still in a place of comfort where you can be able to deal with, you know, whatever news that you've just gotten in a, in a comforting way, I guess. Mm -hmm. David. Yeah. Um, man, yeah, that's
3: a lot of like really important, important (laughs) stuff's been said. Um, I definitely like felt a certain level of a, of anxiety, um, at the beginning and I'm not someone who like gets overly anxious. Um, and it wasn't like anything extreme, but I had just started a new job. Like when uh, quarantine hit, I was in that job for a couple of weeks, and then it was like work from home. So, I mean, we've all started new jobs before. The first like two to three months, you're really just learning the ropes, yeah. um, you're just figuring out. You know, you're getting to meet coworkers, and it's like kind of awkward at the start. Um, just like what's the balance between like a coworker and starting new friendships? So, all of that stuff that naturally happens when you step into a new role. Um, and obviously, I felt the pressure to you know, kind of perform. And usually like things that I do in a new job is like, Oh, I show up early and I try to work later than people. And like, that just like, will get a, a good positive impression. But yeah. when you're home, <laughs> that stuff kind of goes out the window. Like no one knows, like, I don't have a job where it's like, Oh, I, I clock in at a time or I clock out. Like no one knows if you, you start work early. No one knows if you're working late. They're just like, just make sure you get your stuff done. Um. So I think just the willingness to, I wanted to impress and all of that stuff was, was kind of already a, a certain level of stress that would come from anyone working in a new workplace. And then as things started to happen, I remember like when, you know, the first weekend, when everything kind of first happened with, with George Floyd, I, um, I will say like, I, I have in some cases gotten like pretty desensitized to a lot of the stuff that happens in the news. Um, oftentimes when a new case will pop up, I don't like to read it or like look into it right away. Um, just because I know like the emotions that I'm gonna feel, so oftentimes I I kind of, I kind of hesitate, um, especially when there's videos. Like I, I really mm. don't like <clears throat> like watching those videos and just seeing you know black bodies being murdered. Um, but I remember when I I finally kind of looked into the George Floyd and I and I watched the entire video. I had also like recently seen the the Ahmaud Arbery video as well. Um, and I reached out to one of my friends. His name is Flo. He's like, a few years older than me, and I was like, man, I. Honestly, like I don't even, right now I have the, I don't have the willingness to do anything. Like I just need, I just need to talk. Um, So I had like a phone call with him after, I think it was a Monday, like after work where I had gone back to work and um, didn't really like, not that I was expecting people to reach out to me, but didn't really feel um, any sort of like acknowledgement for the situation that had happened. Um, And that's what I was saying. Like, then I was like, man, what, like what's, like what's the value here of me like working really hard and I'm trying to do super well but something as basic as like you know life um doesn't really get that attention
1: I live in a pretty I'm not gonna lie a pretty racist city like this is a really really bad like this city is really bad like when school was around all my friends would go out and I obviously you know and I don't want to sound prejudiced in any, any way. I, I have plenty of white friends. I love white people, okay? So I just want to say <laughs> Yo,
0: <laughs> but I. For those in- who are listening, this city is Kingston, right?
1: Kingston, Ontario, yes. Right. So it's a pretty bad... So we'd be out, and of course, you know, you know, as we're all on this call, I'm sure if we were all in the same city and out, we'd all see each other and be all out together. Right. So we were all out together, and of course, because we're all black and a white-dominant city, We look suspicious. So, you know, that brings out different drunk people. And, you know, drunk people always, what I say is, drunk minds say sober words. So, you know, they would say something racist and then there'd been a kerfuffle. So, a lot of times I've seen this or even just experienced this just from hearing Mm -hmm. about a game that people played. It's called um, Spoons. I heard about this and I'll never forget this. Oh my God, you guys are going to be go wild this game is called spoons is where white people go around driving in a car. If they see a black person, they throw a spoon yeah. at them. And if they miss they, Oh, sorry. They throw a spoon at them and say, the, say the N word. If they miss, they have to go pick it up. That's the game. I don't understand. I heard and that. apparently a white person explained this to her, their black friend, which even boggled me even more. Like they, and they've willingly played that game. How, so I just, you know what? The city is just terrible. I'm sorry. I can't even. Yo,
3: actually crazy story. Um, Cause I was just on vacation on the West coast um, <clears throat> like last week and I was meeting up like with a friend who lives in, in Vancouver for coffee and I was staying at a friend's place and like in this, like um, like mostly like Asian neighborhood. Um, and like, since I got my like twist and I just wear my do rag, like, most of the time. And honestly, like I just worry so much that sometimes I forget I have it on, but honestly, yeah. not, the, not the point of the story. I um, so I go out and like, this is like 3 p.m. bro. So it's like daytime, people walking around, whatever. Vancouver also doesn't really care about the pandemic right now. So there's a lot of people out and I'm walking, I have my, my AirPods in, and I'm listening to some music. Um, and I see in front of me, like this like Asian woman and her daughter, daughter's probably like six or seven, they're holding hands and they're walking. And we're walking in the same direction. We're probably like 15 feet away from each other. They're in front of me. I'm behind. I'm just walking. And they start starting to look back. And at first, I don't really notice because I'm just like in my own world. You know, AirPod Pro, noise canceling. So I don't really, you know, uh, I don't, sick don't really guy, Sick guy, sick <laughs> 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 guy. a sick guy. Um, so, so I'm walking. And they, they look back a couple of times. So eventually, like, obviously, I, I take notice. And, yo, guys, no lie. They start running no cap they start running and i'm like i'm like no okay i'm like yo in my head i'm like no they're running for like a bus or something but they they look back like three more times as they're running and like we legit make eye contact and in the moment i was just like whoa like because i've had like i've had i'm sure you guys have had similar scenarios where it's like you're walking and there's someone in front of you and they look back and then they'll like Stop to the side and let you pass, and then they'll continue walking, whatever. like we obviously all had those, but I've never had like blade That's like fun. running away from me, and like we're still going in the same direction, so I'm still walking, obviously, and they just like peel off to the right, like down this alley, and then I go eventually and I take a right turn further down. Then when I come out, I see like they're behind me, so ultimately we're walking in the same direction, but it was just like that discomfort. Um, not really related to like what we've been talking about with like uh, with mental health and, and everything going on, but um, it's just a story that, that happened. And I was like, did
1: that really just happen? No, it had to do with yeah, my game like, of spoons.
0: No, it, it, yeah, it, yeah. Also, it relates, it relates yeah, because it to like, my life. next question is like, just how do you feel like these things that happen to us, you know, that ho- that incident that happened to you in Vancouver, how do you feel like that affects, obviously the way you see the world and the, it affects your mental health, right? Because that's one of the things we study at the yeah. lab. We study, like, um, um, basically factors like that that affect people's mental health, which then affects their resilience mm. and coping. So then the question is, mm. how does that affect you? How does that affect you, Bert? How does that affect you, Jimmy? Like, whenever something like that happens.
1: I think yeah. I think mostly it puts a perspective on yourself. Like, I think Jimmy said earlier, puts the mirror right in your face and saying, this is how the world sees you. You need to come to terms with that because, you know, I might be, say if I was in a situation that David was in, I think, you know, I'm some big, scary black guy that's like, seems like they're going to mug somebody. But to me, you know, I go to any any race of my friends, they'll come to me, they'll be like, yo, this guy's like a little little baby, he won't do anything because that's how I see them in their individual race. So it's like shocking to see someone from whichever race, whatever it may be, just, so terrified of just who I am as a physical appearance because they don't know me. If I was mm. the same, same person or, or, or white, it wouldn't be an issue. They'd just see um, a big white guy. They'd probably be amazed or something like that. And actually this reminds me of something that happened to me um, a few weeks ago. Um, I was at a social distancing party. and, oh. <laughs> and You gotta when, specify, bro. Yes. In the room, fam. We, we, didn't actually, we didn't actually <laughs> even go in we didn't actually even go in so this is what happened I'm not a word of a lie we, we, wanted, we switched destinations and then me uh, my girlfriend and my two friends who are black went to, a, went to this house and all we did was individually walk in and see and then walk out
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then all we did was stand there because we knew someone that invited us to that, that, that function there was only maybe like 15 20 people max um, oh you're not frozen okay <laughs> david was really still i thought you were frozen by that
3: <laughs> just listen
1: to the story but i'm captivated <laughs> so then we were just talking outside we, none of us were had been drinking or anything we were just talking outside and then these people started coming outside and individually like saying like yo who who are you who like who who invited you and then we said so and so invited us and then we talked to so-and-so, and that's clear. And then specific, these two girls came out and said, again, wait, so guys, who are you? Um, we're starting to get a little uncomfortable. Um, I got, we don't know who you are and like what you're doing here. And we're just like, yo, we're just standing here. We're not even doing this. We know this person, and we had just talked to them. Like That just reminded me of that story. Like, it's just so shocking how you don't even have to be doing anything. It's literally you just standing. Your presence as a dark-skinned person terrifies a group of a group of people, regardless of if that group of people is bigger than yours. So that's that's also a factor. Like how many of them are you, and you're still scared of this one individual person that's not even doing anything. Mm-hmm. You know that's how it, that's how it boils down to. And these people are the same people who boil back down to people who are posting just because they don't want they want to save face, like the companies, do I said. Mm. They just want to show themselves as, you know, we support this. But, you know, in our in our own house, you know, we're, we're talking like this. We're uncomfortable with your presence. Mm. So if something happens to you, it's like, whatever. Mm. But, of course, to everybody else, you know, you got to show face. It's crazy. You know, People switch up all the time. And, you know, the true colors are always shown at the end of the day.
2: Yeah, so, I, I, I was thinking about this, actually the other day, um, and hearing, you know, Burgess and, and David's stories just sort of reminded me of the thought I had. And it's like, I'm 21 years old and for the majority of my life, I have had to deal with, you know, these microaggressions, you know, ever since I was a kid, <laughs> you know, I, I, I remember, you know, growing up in England and, and my brother going to school and, and, you know, white kids will come up to him and, and touch his skin and be like, oh, you know, like, does it fade? You know, is it really? And these are these are things that we deal with right from, you know, a young age. Mm-hmm. Um, so imagine, like, you know, having to deal with 20 plus years of literally microaggression after microaggression. And those microaggressions build up and become, you know, superaggressions and eventually become, you know, the uh, the, the things we were talking about in the headlines, you know, the police mm. and, and, and mm. the killing of Black people, um, you know, and but but as you mentioned um, resilience earlier, and I, I just wanted to touch on that because I I feel like as a Black people, I was, I was reading an article uh, a couple weeks ago that that was basically talking about resilience and and how Black people are often painted as you know a super resilient people and the strong mm. people. And that's really just a way of saying. Yeah, you know what whatever we throw at them, we can keep you know, doing they, it. you know Open we can keep it. doing it. We'll keep yeah. putting them down, we'll keep pushing them down, and they're gonna come back in the name of resiliency. You know, so I think it's important to recognize that we don't have to be that strong figure all the yeah. time, you know. We don't we don't have to, yeah, yeah, I'm 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 huge on, on um, you know, if you get knocked down, get back up, you know, keep fighting, keep fighting. But that that sort of false idea of resiliency as as a, a good quality of being black i think that's that's sort of overplayed you know and and, and we have to understand that as a people we can afford to take those breaks you know we we have to be able to take those breaks and we, we can't be that 100 percent rock all the time you know because that's yeah. just not a healthy way ever.
3: yeah and boaz like, to answer your question on that story like how did that story impact me in the moment like i I laughed about it like I didn't I wasn't like I was like, oh damn, I'm going to go home and like think about why this woman and her daughter ran away from me. And like it's really going to affect and like destroy the rest of my vacation because I was having a blast out there. Um, But I do think a lot of the times when we see these these uh, cases of police brutality and it's like the officer feared for his life, I think like that's the that's the kind of thing that has an impact on my mental is like there could be a situation where maybe like I could just be walking or maybe I could have a disagreement with someone in public and we're going back and forth exchanging words and someone can just be afraid for their life and take an action um and that's going to be seen as like they took a just action or like they can do something and like ultimately be protected by the law I think that's like the biggest impact because um Jimmy made a great point about resilience I feel like For the most part, like when things like this happen, I'm, I'm typically someone who just like lets it slide off my back. Like I've been Mm -hmm. called this and that I've been called the N word. And for the most part, like I I've never like resorted to getting physical with someone for saying it or whatever. Like there have been a couple of times, obviously if you're with the group and groups going back and forth and group dynamics kind of explode. But for the most part, um, I just see it as like, okay, this person is clearly, this is their mindset. They've chosen to believe I know who I am. I value myself, so I'm not really going to resort to that. But I think a lot of the things that I've been feeling in the past few months, and I think some of us have been feeling as well, is just that fear that there might be a situation where someone is afraid of, again, like Aaron said, the presence and they might take an action mm. and ultimately like, who are we going to call the people who are supposed to protect us? And they're the ones feeling this exact same way as who that, per- that person might be feeling, right? So um, I think that's like the biggest impact for me on my mental health. Um, It's just like you definitely have those moments some days where you see something online um, and you're just like, damn, like, this is like, I just don't ever want to be in that situation. But the reality of the the matter is that it could be any single one of us. Um, And like, like, what history has shown us is that the law isn't going to be on our side, which is like, you know, a really scary thought, man. And especially like for us now, like getting into our, our 20s, like, we're ultimately getting to a place where, um, we we'll probably want to start and stop. hearing them talk about, like, these athletes who are very successful, talking about the real fear of, like, being away from the families and thinking, like, yo, if my son or daughter's walking down the street, what could happen to them, despite of their last name that they have? Ultimately, like, who am I, bro? Like, I'm still trying to figure out my life. Not even on the slide. Level of success. So, like, if these people can have that same, I think that's what that's what the the biggest impact I would say is on you from an, a situation like that. It's not really immediate, but I think subconsciously it definitely chips away at yeah, you
1: And I think time. just to kind of finish from what, what you said. We as Black people, you know, as much as you know, everything is so new and so feels like it's present, you know. We're thinking in the back of our minds, it's like it is what it is, because this happens all the time. From microaggressions to streamlighted highlights, it's the same thing. It's coming from the same place, the same root is causing all of these all of these problems. And at the end of the day, we're just tired. We're just so fucking tired. And also, I wanted to touch on um, what you said earlier um, about the pandemic. It can be you. And we just need to think about it. Like, that, I'm sorry, my dog was just... <laughs> we need to realize that it can be us. We need to never... We can, we'll, we'll never know until it actually happens. But we, we have to always think that it can be us. And we have to try to pre- prevent that.
0: So, you Stay know. Vigilant. Exactly. Um, Jimmy. Uh, before we close this out um when you're talking about resilience that can definitely happen you can you know people can pervert resilience but the fact of resilience is that it's not um the thing about resilience is that it's not a thing that you have in the sense that you are a resilient person right mm. you, you're not a resilient person through and through and through and through it's just that resilience weirdly kind of like happens to come up for certain people regarding to different things that happen in their in their lives so if you're resilient once in your life, it doesn't mean you're going to be resilient when the next thing happens. That's what's really mm-hmm. fascinating about it. It's like, it's kind of like an on and off type thing that happens every now and then. Yeah. So like that article, when they were saying that, you know, they call us super resilient so they can keep doing this to us. It's like, that's a perversion of it. That's not actually how it works, but I get, mm-hmm. you know, I guess how that, you know, serves their means. Right. I, yeah, I, I
2: agree. I agree with you hundred um, percent. I just think that, you know, if for example, you want to have a conversation on, race and and, uh, equity and and diversion with someone that may not be educated on on, or as educated on on the topic and you know you you ask them what is your first thought when you when you hear the word like you know black people or or black women and they'll tell you you know you guys are strong people and while yeah you know that 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 can be a compliment While, while yes um you know there are there are different there are different meanings. There, are, there are different um so, sort of uh, ideas behind resilience and and behind strength. I feel like a lot of the time, people just attribute that to us because of you know all the shit that we've been through, you mm-hmm. know, and they'll be like. Yeah, you know, you guys went through this, and you came. (laughs) Oh, and you guys, damn, you guys went through this again. And look at you, you came (laughs) back. Right now, you're going through this, and you're out here fighting. You know, you guys are so strong. All this, all this, and it's like, yeah. But do you even see me as like as a person? Like, do you my life as someone who doesn't even have to you know be strong to to be valued? You know, why do I have to to get knocked down and, and to show that I'm a strong person? For you to you know just value my life in the
0: first place
2: right mm-hmm. so i I think that's that's sort of what i w- I was touching on 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 resiliency
0: yeah people had they have to see us as you know as people you know it's who you have feelings you know, know. who you know who can fail who can cry who can you know who yeah. have feelings but um we've been going on for an hour in like twelve minutes um yeah. thank yeah. you guys so much <laughs> um I always love talking to y'all sure. usually in person but like you know regarding the situation, we have to do it this way. But um thank you so much for joining me. I love you guys. Take care of yourselves. Um love boys. And for yeah. those who are listening thank um, you for, having me. for those who are listening uh, or watching whatever you may be doing, we have resources for people who are you know who are struggling through this time. We have support centers that you can call. Um they'll all be, you know on the website that we have. And also the website gives like a breakdown of the most common mental health problems. So anxiety, panic attacks, depression, stuff like that. It, gives, it breaks them down in terms of ideology, symptoms, um, treatments, and stuff like that. So if you need help, just hop over to that website. If, if you just want to learn more about, you know, the health problems, just go over and check it out. Um, yeah, man, thank you guys again.
1: Don't be ashamed.
0: Do not, do ashamed. not, we all need help. If I, if I can
2: throw something out there, real quick before we end uh, I just want to say Bryce, I appreciate you know you giving us this opportunity to sort of band, yeah. sit down here as, as black men and, and talk about something that you know even f- for me probably last year I, I wouldn't have seen myself you know talking about a lot of these things um, with you guys so I think it's super important um, you know as black people as black men especially to to see other people you know having these kinds of conversations because yeah. it is yeah. super, super important and it is
1: it definitely is yeah it shows a light that you're, you know the things that you're feeling other people are actually feeling yeah. it that like you may think it but you're seeing it now in these type of conversations so it's good hey, thank last you last
0: word
3: yeah I was about to say boys you know I appreciate you but I want to make sure you know what so I'm going to say I appreciate you guys um, you're always like someone who brings people together to have really important conversations sure. um, I've been I've been observing the things that you've been doing uh, with Adventure Lab is it Venture Lab? v-track v-track yeah v-track, v-track yeah. um and um i've been following a little bit and uh i think it's really important man so i appreciate you creating the space inviting us specifically to be part of this space
0: and i'll keep i'll keep watching the stuff you're doing bro keep it up appreciate it man yeah, love you guys thanks again though love you. Yes, please sir